And while you're turning to Matthew chapter 6, let me remind you that Wednesday nights we're going through the book of Genesis. And this Wednesday I'm going to be explaining out of the Word of God where evil came from. We've seen a lot of evil in our day. Where did it come from? A lot of people are asking that. They're asking, is there such a thing as true evil? And if so, where did it come from? How did it get here? And what really happened when Eve and Adam ate that fruit? Well, we're going to look at that this Wednesday night, 7 o'clock. And afterwards, we always have cookies and donuts and all kinds of sinful food to show that we are fallen by nature. (laughs) Stand together with me, would you? Kathy and I, uh, we talk a lot about my coffee habit. I drink a lot of coffee. And I told her that I've discovered that the Word of God clearly reveals that it's my part to, to make the coffee every morning. <laughs> it, it, that's in the Word of God. And she said, where in the world is that in the Word of God? And I said, you need to go look at the book of Hebrews. I know, that was cheap. That was a cheap laugh. All right, Matthew chapter 6, verse 19. I want to talk to you today about the main thing. The main thing. Matthew six nineteen says, Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven. Everybody say with me, you can't take anything with you but you can send it ahead of you. Where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. Now here's a key, verse 21, for where your treasure is, that is where we will find your heart. Now look at verse 24. No one can serve two masters. Either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be loyal to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve, cannot serve God and mammon, or you can't serve two things. Therefore, I say to you, do not worry about your life. That's a good exhortation. What you will eat, what you will drink, nor about your body, what you're going to put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air, for they neither sow, nor do they reap, nor gather into barns. Yet your heavenly Father feeds them. And sometimes he uses fools like you and me. I do it every day. I feed them. And then he says, Are you not of more value than they? If he takes care of the birds, won't he take care of you? Verse 27, And which of you, by worrying about it, can add one cubit to his stature? You can't do it. So why do you worry about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They don't toil and they don't spin clothing. And yet I say to you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed or clothed like one of those flowers. Now if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Therefore do not worry saying, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what are we going to wear? For after all these things, that culture out there, that world, the Gentiles, seek. For your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. 
Now our key verse today, read it out loud with me and we're finished reading. But seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness and all these things shall be added to you. Father, thank You for Your Word today. Thank You for the words of Jesus. Help us to build the foundation and build our house on a solid foundation that will not fall when the winds blow, when the rain comes, and when the floods beat against the house. Thank you that it will not fall if it's built on your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Turn to your neighbor and tell them, don't worry about it. Now for the next uh, couple of weeks, I'm going to be talking to you about the main thing. The main thing. Now I want you to notice that these verses tell us three things about ourselves, and very important we know these things about ourselves. How many of you have learned that it's important that you understand yourself and what makes you tick? You need to. Now here's what Jesus tells us about ourselves. We all have a treasure. We all have something that we treasure. Something we value above all else. Jesus said where your treasure is. He didn't say where it might be. He didn't say where it ought to be. He didn't say where it will be. He said where your treasure is. That's where I'm going to find your heart. Then the second thing we need to understand is if your, if your treasure is anything other than God's kingdom, if it's, if it's anything other than God's kingdom, which for me is summed up in Jesus Christ, when he says, seek ye first the kingdom of God, I can easily paraphrase that and say, seek ye first the Lord Jesus Christ and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. So if your treasure is anything other than Jesus Christ, you're going to be attacked by worry. Five times in nine verses, Jesus uses the word worry, addressing those who are worried about what they're going to eat, what they're going to drink, and what they're going to wear. Because whatever you treasure, if if what you treasure is not Jesus, then you're opening yourself up for the torture of worry. The Bible says then the third thing we need to know about ourselves is the cure for worry and the key to a successful Christian life is to put God's kingdom numero uno first, primary, foremost, above all else. And if we put his kingdom seeking Jesus, put him first place, crown him first place in your life, that's the cure for worry And that is the key that unlocks the door to a successful Christian life. We can put it this this way. The main thing is to keep the main thing the main thing. Now, I want you to listen to this now. The main thing, once you have been saved, once you've been redeemed, once the blood of Jesus has covered your life, once you've been born again from above, listen, the main thing is to keep the main thing the main thing. That's the main thing. Once you've been saved, that's the call of God on your life. The main thing, say it with me, the main thing is to keep the main thing the main thing. The main thing for the believer is the Lord Jesus Christ and His righteousness, and His way of doing things. And let me tell you when we get in trouble. When we are redeemed, when we're saved, but somewhere along the way we get distracted. I've learned this about the enemy of our soul. He's the master distractor. 
And if He can't keep you from being saved, if He can't keep you from being redeemed, if He can't keep you from falling in love with the Lord, then here's what He'll do. He'll come along and He will masterfully try to distract you from keeping the main thing the main thing. And then we come along and say, well, Christianity didn't work for me. No, no, no. Christianity always works if you keep the main thing the main thing. But if you don't keep the main thing, the main thing, Christianity, your walk with God will not work. It's no accident that leading up to verse 33, Jesus talked about what we should treasure and that our treasure would hold or captivate our hearts and that it was impossible for us to crown more than one thing, our primary treasure. Jesus said, you can't, you can't have two, tre- you will not have in your life two primary treasures. We're not wired that way. Jesus said you cannot serve God and riches, and you can't serve God and anything else. You cannot serve, Jesus said, two masters. We are hardwired by God to worship and to serve and to love just one treasure. We are wired to be monogamous with God and with a person. That's how God wired us. But everyone in here right now has a treasure. You've got a treasure. There is something that you have placed a crown on and said, this is what I treasure above all else. It may be money, and this is for believers too, because you can be saved and crown something else your primary treasure if the enemy successfully lures you away from making the main thing the main thing. It may be money. It can be self. It can be a drug. It can be a philosophy. We can crown as our treasure education, a false god, a hobby, another person, a job. It can be a hundred different things that becomes our main thing. But everyone in here has a main thing. Something you're pursuing. Something you esteem with higher value than anything else. Whatever it is, you can know three things about your treasure. Listen carefully. You will love it, you will serve it, and you will pursue it. Whatever your treasure is, you will love it, you will serve it, and you will pursue it. Because that is where your heart is. And you know what I've learned about the Lord? He doesn't doesn't want mine. He wants me. He wants my heart. And let me tell you what the greatest battle is over your life right now. The greatest battle over your life is over who is going to possess your heart. Because God wants your heart. They said to Jesus, what's the greatest commandment? He said, you shall love the Lord your God with all your mind, all your heart, all your soul, and all your strength. God wants our heart. The main thing is to keep the main thing, the main thing. And if you can just keep the main thing till the day you go to be with the Lord, you have lived a successful Christian life. Oh, there's such competition for your heart. There is such competition for your affections. There is such competition for your attention. There is such an amazing competition underfoot for your focus, for your strength, for who you really are. Oh, man, let me tell you, the enemy is out for your heart. 
and he's coming at it from a hundred different directions. That's why I tell you over and over the next few weeks, you're going to hear it repetitively. The main thing is to keep the main thing. Isn't it a battle just to keep the main thing the main thing? You're going to love it, you're going to serve it, and you're going to pursue it. Your treasure, whatever you have treasured, will get your dying devotion, the best of your time, and will determine, it's going to determine your primary pursuit in life. Your treasure controls the affections of your heart, the reflections of your words, and the direction of your feet. What you treasure. Where the heart goes, the feet are not far behind. We all have a primary treasure, and because we have a primary treasure, we all have a primary pursuit. Now, I told you that I have um, three dogs. I spend a lot of time with those dogs, especially in the mornings. I've been going out every day and getting with God, just spending a lot of time with the Lord. And, I, and so as a result, the dogs come out with me. I've been watching them a lot. And I noticed something. We've had the dogs long enough that I noticed that in our backyard, there are several trails where you can see the grass has been trodden down. There's a trail going off here. There's a trail going off there. And there's a trail going off there. But you know what I've noticed? There is one of those trails that is deeper and wider and more well-trodden than any of the others. And I started watching. When I opened the back door and let those dogs out, they go outside and they immediately go to that one trail that is the primary trail. And they go down that trail and there is something about that trail that leads to the gate and they look out the gate and they can see people and bark at them. Dogs bark, they don't know what they're barking at, they just want to bark. I mean, they're basically barking at nothing. Sometimes I hear them barking, and I look, and there's nothing there. I say, what are you doing? I, you know, God just made me to bark. I'm sorry. I just bark. But, but they like going out to, to this one trail that leads to the gate because there is where they can see the neighborhood. They can see children. They can see the adults walking. They can bark. They, they have a, a better view. So they go down this one trail to this one spot, and it's their very favorite spot. And one day I was looking at this, And I was looking at these other secondary trails, and it seemed like God just said to me, Jeff, people are the same way. We all have several pursuits, but according to Jesus, there is one pursuit that has a deeper and wider trail in our life than any other because it is what we have crowned our treasure. And what we treasure, we put more time into, more effort into, more strength into, more devotion into than anything else. Where your treasure is, there is where I'll find your heart. And where your heart is, there is where I'll find your feet. So that if you love the Lord, guess what? There is a trail that begins to be formed in our life. What are you seeking after? Oh, I have found that He is altogether lovely. I have found that he is altogether to be desired. I have found that he's the lover of my soul, that spending five minutes with Jesus Christ is better than five hours with anything else. I love the Lord. I've loved being in his presence. I love listening to his voice. I love getting alone with him. I love letting the word saturate my mind and build my faith. 
I have found that when I go and seek the Lord, He never disappoints me. He builds me up. He picks me up. He dusts me off. He strengthens me. He is altogether worthy to be desired. He's worthy to hold the primary treasure of my heart. And He's worthy to be pursued. He never burns me. He never fails me. He never leaves me alone. He's a good God. He's altogether worthy of our very best. This is why Jesus said, watch out what you allow your heart to treasure. Solomon warned, watch over the affections of your heart with all diligence, for out of it flow the issues of life. Solomon said, you better watch your heart. Watch where you let it go. Watch what you let it get attached to. Be careful that the affections of your heart remain primarily on Him. According to Jesus, Christianity will not work unless He holds first place, not second, not third, not leftovers, first place in our lives. Jesus said, Here's the key to successful Christian living. And it will not work any other way. You've got to keep the main thing. The main thing. And any time the main thing becomes the secondary thing or, or just sort of the what I take care of at the end of the day, then Christianity goes askew. It goes nuts. And the Bible says, didn't I even make the world and all that is in it to teach you truths about God? You look up at that sun and we know that all the planets revolve around that sun. And as long as they are subservient to that sun and revolve around that sun, they stay in divine order. But if they got away from the sun and away from their relationship to the sun, they would go into chaos and be lost in space. And we are exactly the same way. God made us to be subservient to the sun, to worship the sun, that our lives would revolve around the sun. And as long as He's the main thing, then our lives fall together. Now, how do I get my life centered on God if it's not centered on God? How do I make Jesus the treasure that I love and the prize that I pursue? If, if He's not first place right now, how do I do it? How do I make Him the center of my life? Because that's what He wants to be. Going back to our illustration about the dogs, what, are my dogs, what did my dogs do that that one trail was deeper and wider, more well-trodden than any of the others. What was it that they did that caused that trail to be more marked than any of the others? First of all, I'm going to tell you what they did because I've been watching them. First of all, they gave that trail their time. They gave that pursuit their time. They gave it their time. If the amount of time we spent seeking and spending time with God could be illustrated by a path what would the path in your life look like? Would it be well-worn? Would it be barely touched? Would we have a hard time finding a path? The path that leads to God? The path that reveals that we've been spending time with God? Say, Pastor Jeff, I've been too busy. I'm just too busy. I'm wore out when I get home. I'm wore out when I get up. I'm just wore out. I just got this Bible recovered. It was wore out. And I said to somebody, he whose Bible is worn out probably isn't. Because faith comes by hearing the Word of God. 
Now, I'm going to tell you something, folks. I get with God and I get into that word. I study that word. I read that word. I saturate that word up. Not because I'm super spiritual, because I've learned something. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. And so I get up in the morning, and it is not an option whether or not I get with God. If I want to live that day, if I want to have victory over the devil that day, if I want to have my thoughts under the control of the Holy Spirit that day, I don't have a choice. I've got to get into the Word. Man shall not live by eating bread, by eating a Pop-Tart when you walk out the door and get into that rush hour traffic. How are you going to make it through life unless residing in you is the fire of the Word of God? Say with me, I need His Word. Man, here, here, we ought to have a path being trodden in our life. There, there, there's all kinds of pursuits. Jesus didn't say, only seek the kingdom of God. He just said, seek it first. It ought to be the clearest path of all the pursuits in your life. If we were to see your life and all the different things you pursue, how well trodden would the path that leads to God be? I had to ask myself that. I can tell you that in the last nine months, in the last nine months, it has come upon me so strong to seek God. I mean, I, I would have me a creek bed by now. I get out there and I just say, Lord, here I am. Just as I am without one plea, here I am. Faults and all, here I am, mistakes and all, here I am human and all, but I need you, Lord God. I need you. I've got to have you. I've got to have your word. If I don't get a hold of your word and let your word get a hold of me, I'll sink. I'll deviate. I'll stray. I'll mess up. I know I've got to have the word of God, and so do you. Jesus said to his disciples concerning time with him, he said, could you not watch with me just one hour? Couldn't you have just given me one hour, my disciples? Couldn't you just give me one hour? Here I was in my hour of agony. Here I was in my hour of prayer. Here I was in my hour of, of, of grappling with the will of God, and you couldn't even watch with me one hour. Let me tell you something, folks. Any time spent with God is good time. We can spend time with something we don't love, but you can't give no time to what you do love. Put another way, you can give without loving, but you can't love without giving. Whatever you love, I tell you before God, it's human nature, it's the way we're wired. Whatever we love is going to get our time. It can be a sport. It can be anything. Whatever you love, it's going to get your time. People who say, I just don't have time for God. Well, no, that's really not the truth. That's not the case. You do have time for God. You haven't made time for God. And the reason you haven't made time for God is because your heart has cooled to God. If your heart was hot for God, you would make time for God. Can I just shoot straight today? I just heard Frank say to Mildred, he didn't tell me he was going to meddle with my stuff today. God meddles with my stuff. I have found God to be hugely meddling. <laughs> have you? He used to come up behind me and say, hey, psst. Now he stands right in front of me and says, Hey! So, you know, when God gets that way, you get up in the morning, you get out there, 
You go find your prayer closet. You throw that People magazine in the trash can. You turn off that TV. There's nothing on there but a bunch of gobbledygook babble anyway. Turn it off and get out there and listen to God. Second thing about the main thing. My dogs gave that path time, but you know what else they did? They put it first. I've noticed this, and I've already shared with you. They put it first. The minute I open that door, they don't go down any of the other paths. They head straight for the main one. They put it first. The minute I open up that back door, there they go, straight down that path, and I find them every time standing at that gate. They give their first, they give their priority to that path. Jesus said, seek ye first first the kingdom of God. Seek ye first the Lord Jesus Christ. Give Him your best time. Give Him your fresh time. Give Him your best focus. Give Him your unencumbered mind. Don't watch Good Morning America. Don't watch uh, uh, um, Cutie Katie. Don't watch her. Don't watch them. Don't turn on CNN where the world is falling apart at the seams. Give God your mind first. Seek Him first. One translation says, set your mind on God's kingdom and His justice before, before, before everything else. I've noticed if I turn on that TV before I go out back and get with God, if I turn it on first, I go outside kind of heavy. Because all I've heard is mayhem, murder, stress, destruction, darkness. If I go outside and listen to God, he says, listen, I know the thoughts that I think towards you, says the Lord, thoughts of good and not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. You know what I've noticed about God? He always gives me bad or good news, and I've noticed about the TV, it always gives me bad news. So the main thing is to keep the main thing, the main thing, and if we're going to keep the main thing, the main thing, you've got to make the main thing first. And then they did one other thing I want to mention today. Not only did they put it first, but they were consistent with it. They are consistent with it. They consistently, over a long period of time, put that path first. Now let me tell you something about Christianity. You can't try it for a week and say it didn't work. You can't try it for a month and say it didn't work. Well, I tried it for a month, went to church a few times, nothing changed in my life. Let me tell you something. They went down that path over and over and over again. Consistently, they put it first. Consistently, they gave it their time. Consistently, back and forth across that path over a long period of time. And finally, that was the strongest path cut by them in the whole backyard. Let me tell you how you touch God, folks. You touch Him over and over and over and over and over and over and over again. Say, well, nothing's happened yet. Keep on going. Don't you remember when Elijah was praying for rain and he was saying to his little servant, Gehazi, he was saying, I want you to go out there, Gehazi, and I want you to tell me if you see any clouds. Gehazi went once, came back and said, don't see anything. It says Elijah bowed himself to the ground and he continued to pray. He said, Gehazi, go again a second time. Gehazi walked out there, looked over the horizon, came back, said, there's nothing. He kept on praying and said, go again. Came back again. He said, go again four times. Came back again. Go again five times. Came back again. Go again six times. Gehazi probably looked at him and said, don't you get it? It's not raining. Elijah said, no, you don't get it. I've got a hold of God. 
there is something in the spiritual world for me, and it hasn't manifested yet in time and space. But I know it's coming. So go again. And this time he went way off yonder. He sees a cloud the size of a man's hand. He says, well, at least I can tell him something this time. Comes back and says, well, boss, there's a cloud. It's itty-bitty. It's way out there. It's the size of a man's hand. But it wasn't there before. And he said, prepare thy chariot because it's about to rain you better get back to the kingdom because we're about to be in a in an east texas gully washer if he had been from texas that's what he would have said and all of a sudden it began to rain so hard that the chariot wheels got mired in the mud and can i say to you today church prepare thy chariot because it's about to rain in this nation it's about to rain on the church of God. You got to go back, and you got to go back, and you got to go back and keep the main thing, the main thing, and don't let anything distract you away from it because sooner or later there's going to be a cloud the size of a man's hand, and God's going to send a gully washer onto your life. He'll bless you. He is a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him. I'm sorry, I'm a little stirred up, but I believe this with all my heart. So say with me, give it your time. Give it your priority. And do it over and over. And Jesus said these words. He said, ask and keep on asking, and it will be given to you. Seek and keep on seeking, and you will find. Knock and keep on knocking, and it's going to be open to you. For he who asks and keeps on asking receives. He who knocks and keeps on knocking, it is open. He who seeks and keeps on seeking, they will find. That's the promise of the Lord. And so today, the main thing is to keep the main thing. The main thing. And if you can do that, you're going to be blessed. Can we stand together today? You know, I've noticed this about, about this subject today. I've noticed that there's been lots of times in my life when a successful distraction came, and God always sends difficulty as sort of a wake-up call. Hey, get back to making the main thing the main thing. Seek me. If I could have spoken to those people last night who have lost everything, Here's what I would have said to them, and I'm still going to try, but here's what I would say to people who have lost everything. I would say, if I were you, I would immediately begin to seek God with all my heart. I'd put him first. I'd give him my time, and I would do it over and over again. Daniel prayed three times a day, morning, noon, and night, every single day. It was his priority. He gave God his time, his priority, and he did it over and over again. Because you can't stop the blessing of God when you do the right thing. It's going to come. And all he asks is that we make him the main thing.
That's it. Pastor Jeff, I wish you'd make it more complicated so it would seem more heavy. It's just not more complicated. Just making the main thing. And it'll show in what you do with your time, what you do with your priorities, and how often you do it. It'll show. Amen. Well, I did it, nothing happened. Well, then you didn't do it long enough. You fainted. Keep doing it. Keep doing it. Keep doing it. If you want to know where I am in the mornings, I'm in prayer. I'm reading the Word. I'm making the main thing the main thing, as best I know. God's going to bless us. Father, the main thing is to keep the main thing the main thing. Not the only thing, Lord, but the main thing. Now we ask you to forgive us if we have let anything else crowd in. It's so easy to do. It's so easy to do. But we want, Lord, that the most trodden path revealing the strongest pursuit of our life to be the path that we have cut towards you more than anything else. If that's your heart today, can you raise your hand to the Lord and say, Lord, help me. Help me to cut a clear path towards you. Seek you every day. David said, my heart pants after God. My feet follow after God. My heart longs for the living God. Early in the morning will I seek Thee. Early in the morning will I cry out to Thee. Lord, just help us to soak up Your Word and spend time with You. Even if we have to start doing it 10 minutes a day, start somewhere and do it. Now, if you need to say to the Lord anything about this, say, Lord, forgive me that I didn't make the main thing the main thing. I haven't meant to not do it, but things crowded in. And I got distracted. Help me to change it today.